everybody, this is Cindy Fish. You are listening to the At His Feet podcast. I want to invite you today to set aside your whirlwind of busyness and mental to-do list to have a seat beside me at the feet of Jesus. Now let's pursue Him together. Thank you for listening. Now. Hello. Is it working? Yeah, it's working. Hello. Welcome to episode seven. Yes, welcome to episode seven. I have my little boy Ezra with me. He wanted to help me today. Uh, Clearly he is not napping when his sister is. So uh, I wanted to let you know that Basically, just to open by saying that today I have an episode with my husband. It's an interview, and we'll talk about prayer and his uh, new CD that's out. We actually got to record the interview last night while the kids were sleeping. Uh, Well, we recorded on Monday. So today's Tuesday, and we are in revival right now. Well, a couple of services in a row at uh, my home church from before we were married in Beaumont, the Apostolic Church. And Sunday night was just a powerful service, a great response. And I'm really excited for tonight and to see what God's going to do. To me, it's very neat because it's almost kind of like a full circle moment. I don't know, uh, walking back into that church and you know, looking across the altar in the altar call and seeing places that I made serious commitments to God and um, walking into the prayer room and knowing, hey, I've prayed here. I don't know how many times. And that place is, I guess, part of, no, not I guess, it is. It's part of what made me, me in, in those first five years of living for God or totally the foundation for now. I don't know. It's just really neat. It's really neat to me. The The years that I had there were kind of hard in my personal life, but it was the years that God allowed me to just dig really deep roots. And for that, I'm thankful. And it was really nice to see familiar faces. But anyways, on um, when you hear this, so Wednesday you'll hear this or Thursday, probably Thursday or even beyond, we will be in Mississippi. So we're headed to a couple places in Mississippi and we're excited about that. And we just got a new minivan. (laughs) Woohoo! This is our third minivan and I never thought that we would be minivan people. I always thought that was embarrassing and I was not going to drive one. But then Taylor convinced me when Ezra was a baby and something about those push-button doors. <laughs> Just, I don't know, I, I don't want to get rid of it, but maybe when our kids are bigger, we'll get something else. But for right now, we'll be driving our new minivan on its first trip away from home this week, and so that'll be kind of fun. But I'll go ahead, and we'll just get to the interview, and I hope you enjoy We'll go ahead and get started today. I'm really excited because I have my husband on here today. I don't know how it's been like seven or something episodes, and I'm just now getting him on here. But um, today we'll talk about um, his new CD that's come out, and really the title of it is Prayer Closet, so we will talk a lot about prayer. That's mainly what we'll talk about, but he is just to me, a wealth of knowledge on the subject. 
um, both biblical and practical. And I just want you to have a chance to hear from him on the topic. And um, I hope you just get something out of this today. Taylor, will you just introduce yourself? Or, I mean, okay, they know who you are because I talk about you on here all the time. But will you just say hello? Hello, everybody. And thank thank uh, everybody for listening. Uh, super proud of my wife for doing this. I know that she does such a great job. I haven't listened to every episode because um, I kind of can't keep up. But I'll tell you, she's done a great job. And uh, I'm excited to be on the show with her today. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I did not pay him to say that. I actually would rather he didn't say anything nice the whole time I'm sitting here like trying not to roll my eyes. <laughs> he means it I mean and it's very word. sweet. It is sweet. I just uh you know my podcast is where I'm supposed to talk good about everyone else. Um but so he wasn't supposed to say anything nice about me. But anyways, well she's uh, she's been my best kept secret for a long time and somehow she's got through many many revivals without ever having to say a word and <laughs> I think them days are pretty much over now but I'm uh, I'm glad that everybody's getting to uh, getting to see what I already knew was there all along oh okay uh, we'll go ahead and really get started so I told y'all he has a new CD out it is on iTunes Spotify all the you know, all the places you listen to music, the CD is there. We also have hard copies that we sell at Revivals and stuff. You can message me if you want one, and uh, we'd love to mail you one out. I would love. He probably hates that I'm saying that, but uh, it's just part of it. But anyways, so but the you CD— you can stream it as well. There's a lot—that's what most people do anyway, so right. you can stream it on iTunes, Spotify, and all of that. Yes, that's what I said, too. Anyways— so, the CD is um, all songs written by him, and I have just been in awe, I guess because he really, it's not like he's always wrote songs, you know? He wrote one many, many years ago, or several years ago, when we were dating, and I remember it. He wrote it on the guitar, and um, is it on there? No. Which one? It's not on there. I'm not sure. Something about a tower. No, no, strong tower. Okay, so the it one... Didn't, it didn't make the cuts. So. <laughs> <laughs> so the first one that I remember him writing didn't make the cut, but <laughs> uh, that's the first one I remember him writing, and it was when we were dating, and I remember being like, how in the world did you write a song? He's, in the last couple of years, it's like, to me, as looking on, it's like every time... As he started sitting down and making the time, I really think. As he just started trying, the songs were just coming. And he would be, um, you know, doing dishes. Okay, when it comes to housework, the dishes are his favorite. Uh, <laughs> not his favorite, but the dishes are his uh, chosen chore because he knows where it all goes. That's the exact reason why. <laughs> so he doesn't have to ask. Like in the living room, it's like, where does this pillow go? 
on the couch. Okay, <laughs> no, really, he doesn't. It's not like that. But well, I'm glad we serve the God that never changes because <laughs> it always changes at our house. So <laughs> I never know where anything goes, it's but the true. cabinets all stay the same. So that's that my is choice. that is true. So he'll be doing the kitchen and the dishes and all that, and I'll look, and it's like he looks kind of absent-minded, and I'm like. Okay, at first I'd be like, what are you doing? And he's like, hold on. And he's like trying to get his song out. And then he'd go into his office and go to his keyboard or he would go to the guitar and, you know, go pick it up. Or he would get out his phone and do like a little uh, voice memo. Is that what it's called? Yeah. A voice memo or something and try to get that song out, even if it's just a little piece. And so that's, from my point of view, it seemed like they have just come to him a lot in the last couple of years, and this CD, it's just so good, and Ezra and I have just enjoyed listening to it. Of course, we should be his biggest fan, but if you go listen, you will be too, because every song has just been powerful, but what I want him to talk about, I've said too much, but what I want him to talk about is kind of to share some of what what that writing process, what does that look for you, look like for you? Well, as far as songwriting goes, uh, let me say for anybody listening, I, I've i never spoken at a music conference. Uh, nobody's ever asked me to write songs with them. Um, I'm not, I've not really been a co-writer. And uh, I feel like my process really isn't the norm. Um, it's not a real artsy process, like some people say. I've heard a lot of uh, even apostolic writers as of late talk about the art of songwriting. I haven't really conquered that. <laughs> it's um, it's pretty new to me. I've only been writing songs for really probably the last two years. Um, I did some worship leading starting out uh 14, 15 years old and always sang in the church, uh, but I didn't really write. Well, these last two years, I, I started writing a little bit, and uh, I guess I'd say there's two ways that I write a song, and um, the first way is it just kind of starts as a thought, and when I say a thought, um, really, it's not much different from me writing out a sermon that God gives me a lot of times, uh, really most all the time um, when we're traveling and preaching and, you know, I'm I'm either studying for a message or I'm praying the Lord will drop something in my spirit, either out, uh, either just a a thought that comes to my mind or uh, a thought that jumps out of the word um, maybe it's just a couple couple words, but in that thought, there's always it's there's always a main point. So, just like when God gives me a word to preach or a sermon to preach, typically I have one main point. I may build around that, but I have one key point that I'm focusing on. And let me just kind of give a um, example of that. Uh, probably the song that. It, if you've heard any of my music, the one that you probably heard is, um, it's called I Know Where He Is, and that's a song that uh, me and Brother Joe Zerpoli wrote together. And um, 
I mean, that song's really a miracle how it even worked out because literally Joe was coming, he was coming through town and he, um, he just crashed at our place and man, we're such good friends and we both do music. So we said, let's write something. Well, we wrote a few things and most of it was trash. And, (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, anyway, I said, man, I've got this, I've got this, these lyrics, this thought. And um, it really comes from from songs where David wrote and said, they continually say to me, where is thy God? And um, so anyway, when reading one day, that jumped in my spirit. And uh, it, it really jumped out. It was a thought that jumped out. And there was a question that kind of came to me. And it was, okay, then where is he? You know, they're asking where is your God and um, what's the answer? So that's kind of how we started writing that song is all I had at that point was they continually say to me, where is thy God? And then I said, he's in the storm, he's in the rain. Then Joe came and put some sauce on the song and (laughs) man, we we ironed that thing out and um, literally was in Fort Lauderdale recording that at Vanquish Studios and released it all in a month's time. It was an absolute miracle how it even worked out with the timing. But that would be the first way that I write a song is it starts with a thought. Um and literally if I was if I was preaching that if I was preaching the title I know where he is, I would just be saying where he was. Right. And rev- where he you know, where God shows up and how he reveals himself. So um, that's the first way, which, like I said, I know it's not probably the artsy way, but um, when I'm when I'm writing in my in my music, I'm really just trying to get a message across the same way I would if I was trying to get a message across the pulpit. So I'm way more comfortable with that and know that a lot more than I do songwriting. So I guess that uh, that's just the way it works. But the second way um, that I would write a song is in prayer. It starts out as a prayer. And um, if you've listened to the album, you'll there, there's a few songs on there that literally, I mean, they were they were prayers. Uh, one that I'll I'll tell you one of them um, after after prayer closet. There's a song, it's number four on the album, and it's called You Are Leading. And literally, I wrote that song driving down the road in Redding, California. I was on my way to teach a Bible study to a um, to a couple that was attending uh, Bethel, uh, Bethel College of Supernatural Ministries. You ever heard of Bethel Music? Well, that's the college that they were at in the Lord just opened a door. He was actually me and Cindy's waiter and uh, somewhere in the middle of bringing a salad and Alfredo sauce. Olive Garden. <laughs> we, we set up a Bible study with him. But anyway, I'm driving down the road and I just, you know, I'm praying and I'm saying, because I really don't know what I'm walking into with the Bible study. You never do. And uh, I'm just saying, Lord, you're leading and I'm following, Lord. And that's what I'm praying. I'm praying, Lord, you are leading and I am following. And um, and I just, 
you know, I'm very much about the voice of the Lord. I can't live without the voice of the Lord. I got to have the voice of God. And I start telling him, you know, Lord, you're leading, I'm following. And, and I hold to everything you say, everything you speak, God, let my, let my ears be open to what you have to say. Let my, you know, let my spirit be sensitive. I want to hold to your word today, you know, and literally the, the lyrics are, you are leading and I'm following and I'm holding to all you speak, you know, and that's really how that song started. It's a real simple song. Um, I, I like the old stuff and I kind of, with the, uh, with the chords and everything kind of, um, mirrored sanctuary, you know, Lord prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. But, uh, anyway, that's a lot of times they'll start in prayers, cleanse on, on the album, cleanse. Uh, I remember laying down in the floor in, uh, one of our other houses and, uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that we were, we hadn't even bought this house yet, but we were in the other house and mm-hmm. there were some things that were happening. Our youth group, we were youth pastor in here in Silsby and I mean there was just it seemed like it just a very tough time we were leading and uh, we were leading these young people and it seemed like every week there was another issue or somebody was there was some kind of sin that happened and um, just people struggling and we were doing our best to hold together we have I mean we had a thriving youth group but just like anybody everybody goes through them times where they struggle or they're having to make up their mind. Well, it just seemed like that was happening to a whole lot of people at once. And I laid on the floor and I remember praying, Lord, will you just cleanse the all the secret sin? Just cleanse it, God. Cleanse it. And um, man, I'm telling you, and, and that's where that song started. Start as a prayer. Cleanse the secret sin. And um, then after that, I kind of just looked at that when I realized that, you know, when I was when I was praying this, I wrote it down immediately because I knew that something just happened. You know, a lot of times when you're praying, um, there'll be something that comes out of your mouth that isn't necessarily from you. Well, it comes out of your mouth, but it's from another source. And that's that's God. And uh, maybe it's not for a song, and maybe it's not for a message or a sermon, but maybe it is. So anytime something like that happens, and I'm praying and something said that, you know, I I don't normally say it's it's different. I'll write it down because I know that God is you. It, God's speaking through prayer, and sometimes He's even using my voice to do it. And uh, anyway. I wrote the rest of that song really just trying to um, trying to grasp what it looks like to cleanse the secret sin in your life. And on the bridge of the song, I say, I'll seek you and I'll find you when I seek with everything. There's no part of me that I'm holding back. God, I seek with everything. How many times in our life have we been in a worship service, lift our hands, wanting to feel God, but there was something in us that wasn't completely and totally surrendered. There was a part of us that we were holding back. Well, that's why I put that in that uh, in the song. 
But anyway, I hope that answered your question. I'll tell you, um, in songwriting, I feel like uh, my co-writes turn out a whole, whole lot better. Meaning, uh, I mean, there's two uh, there's two songs on the album that I think that I mean they're probably my two favorite songs on the album. They're they're uh, they're great, and it's not because of me, but it's because Joe Zerpoli, uh helped me hammer out. I know where he is, and it's it's awesome. I mean, there's been people that's done that song. It's awesome to do something with a, with a friend and I I haven't collaborated a whole lot but I definitely believe in it more because of that song and then um, for those of you that don't know Bethany Jennings in my opinion she's one of the greatest songwriters that I've ever known and uh, I mean the girl can write a song in any given altar call and she's done it Time and time again. She's so good. She just great, great stuff. Tremendous talent, and she she has the walk to back it up. But um, on there's a song that she's featured on my album. It's called "All You Say," and uh, I I had written the the course and the bridge, but I couldn't write verses to save my life. And we were in the studio, and um, Beth was in there. I said, Beth, I. I want you to help me with this. And literally, I'm talking three minutes. She had these. She had these two verses out, and she did a rough draft singing. And man, I said, you know what? You got to be on this song. You know, this is your song too. So, anyway, um, I guess those are the three ways that I write songs. Either it starts as a thought, it starts as a prayer, or I just can't finish it, and I get another friend <laughs> to help me. That's good. I'm sure that's helpful to someone, not to me. I don't have a um, a musical bone in my body. <laughs> we leave it to him. But, you know, I did not know that. I guess I didn't know that cleanse came from that season. I don't know how I didn't know that. Yeah. But it's even more powerful to me hearing that. If, there, if there's a song, you know, really the what I feel is like the meat of the album is tracked. Two, three, and four. Like, that's the heartbeat of it because cleanse number, you know, cleanse number two starts with repentance. It's a song of repentance. Prayer closet is just a song of just seeking God and finding Him. And then number four, which is you are leading, is basically says, all right, now after I've cleansed everything, after I've sought you, now I'm going to follow you. So that's kind of the, uh, you know, I, I like the other songs, but that's that's the heart of the, the album, two, three, and four. Well, uh, you led into it good. I want to talk about song number three. Uh, Prayer Closet is the title, title song for the album. And, um, you know, you said that there's songs that are messages, you know, kind of where you form the song around this thought, but this song, and I want you to share it, is about a life experience that's just become not just a one-time thing, but become an over and over place for you. So can you share, not just that it was a prayer, not just that it was a one-time thing, but can you share the story behind the song? What prompted you to write that song, and what is the significance in your world of the prayer closet. 
So, really, I guess this is the song that uh, kind of started it all. It's not the it's not the first song that I that I wrote, but I'll tell you that um, without this song and without the the commitment of this song, uh, and I think the reason that um, that it is the way it is is because it is my story. Um, I, I don't. I don't even think I would have wrote any more music. I really this getting this one song out, the prayer closet, really really pushed me to complete the album. Honestly, because I knew that that was a song that that was a God song and needed to be out. I I sang it several places, and um, man, I there's been several times that the Lord just swept in, and we didn't even have preaching that night. Uh, because God ministered through the song, and the, really the reason is, is because it's it's my testimony, it's my story. So I remember, you know, feeling a call of God at a really young age, um, you know, 12, 13, 14. Um, looking back, I may have even felt it earlier than that, but... Um, I'll tell you, man, I, I went to youth camp altars and, and cried out to God, would feel God pulling at my heart, pulling at my pulling at my spirit, pulling for a commitment, calling me to do something. I didn't know really know what it was. And um, for those of you that don't know, I, my there was times in my life that my my family was really shaky. My um, I mean, my parents divorced when I was two. My father uh, my father is still this day deals with uh, deals with drug abuse. Um, there were, I mean, there's been times in my life that he was a raging cocaine addict, and um, I I love him, and I'm thankful the Lord's allowed me to have a relationship with him, and has really restored a lot of things. Yes, but uh, I will say that. There was a time in my life that I did not feel that I really had anybody to to look up to uh, when it came to ministry. Uh, I, there was a time in my life that every man that w- had been called of God, uh, g- grandparents and father and, and brothers, every every man that had been called of God had ran from the call. And um, here I was, this young young boy, and I felt a call of God, and I didn't see anybody else going after the call of God as far as in my immediate family. And uh, anyway, I remember one service, and this is where it all started. I, I remember one service that, that Bishop White, um, he got up and he was preaching, and I don't even remember the message that he preached, but there was a statement that he made that really forever changed my life. And he he made the statement. He said, he said if he said there's some people in this room that you are. Uh, he said you're called of God. He said if you're ever going to be used by God, he said you're going to have to have a prayer closet. You're going to have to have a prayer closet. And I'm I'm telling you. When he said that, those words just, it, it was just ringing in my ears and just got a hold of my heart. And I'll never forget, uh, I, and, and mind you, I mean, not nobody had really taught me how to pray. 
Uh, we had, I mean, we'd always had great moves of God at our home church. The gifts of the Spirit was always flowing freely. Deep moves of God was very normal at our home church, but not so much at home. And uh, I know what it, I knew what it was like to tremble under the power of God at an altar, but I, I, I didn't have them experiences at home. And uh, as a matter of fact, home was very chaotic at that time, very, very chaotic. And uh, a lot of things going wrong at home. Uh, but I'll tell you, when I heard Bishop White say, if, you know, he began to tell, tell the church, if you're going to, if you're going to walk in ministry, if you're going to be called of God, you've got to have a prayer closet. I never forget. I, when we got home, I went to my room. I shared a, I shared a room with my brother at that time. I'll never forget. I went, I went into my closet and I took everything out of my closet. I took all of the, all the clothes and I began to pile it on top of, uh, on top of the bed. I cleaned my closet completely out. Now, whenever Bishop White was talking about having a prayer closet, he, he wasn't necessarily saying, you know, go to the closet, clean all your clothes out (laughs) and make it a place of prayer. But as a as a young boy, I, I guess I just took it literal, and literally, that's what I thought when he said, "You got to have a prayer closet." That was my thought: is I've got to go, I've got to go to the closet, the only closet that I have, and I'm going to make it a a place of prayer. And uh, at that point, not there wasn't many prayers being offered up at all in my house. Um, I shared a room with my brother; he probably thought I was crazy. But I'll never forget, I ran around the house and I tried to find something that would resemble an altar. And um, I went in my sister's room and I found this little wooden box, no bigger than a shoe box. I emptied it out on her bed and uh, (laughs) I took it with me and I brought it up into that, I brought it up into that closet and I could, I, man, I dedicated my closet to prayer. And that is where my prayer life started in the prayer closet. I remember I'd get in there, I'd, I'd get in that closet, I'd shut the door and I'd cry out to God, man. And, you know, with all the chaos that was going on in my family and my home uh, and, and everything, every voice that was telling me I couldn't be used of God, I'm telling you, I would get in that prayer closet, shut the door, with my brother sleeping on the other side of that door. And I'm telling you, the glory of God would fall in that place. And I'll never, I'll never forget. I'll never forget. I'd lay there late at night, lay on my face. I'm telling you, the, the little wooden box I had in there was not even really big enough to, you know, to bend over on as an altar, but I would just lay face first and just put my hands up on it. And I had a little, I had a little, uh, cassette player that I'd play my, my two preaching tapes that I had from Bishop White. As far as I knew, that was as big as the church was because I've, I had never left little old Silsby. And, um, that was the greatest man of God that I had ever known and really still is to this day. But, I'll tell you, all I knew is that 
Bishop White said, if you'll get to the prayer closet, you can hear from God. And I did. I heard from God there. It was there that I began to open the Word. And Scripture began to jump out at me for the first time. It was there the Lord began to speak to me. I remember I had a little flashlight. My light was broken in my closet. I had a little flashlight. I'd look at the Word and I'd pray. I'd pray till I didn't know what else to pray. I'd just pray in the Holy Ghost and speak in tongues. I don't know how long it was. I can't tell you if it was an hour, if it was 15 minutes. All I knew is that I got lost in that place. And uh, I remember I'd stop and I'd get real quiet. And uh, you couldn't, I mean, you'd hear all kinds of creaks and different things in the house. But I'm telling you, it was there that I was listening for the voice of God. I was doing my best to, to hear the voice of God. And, you know, I, I went in wanting to hear the voice of God. And guess what? The, I left hearing the voice of God. And that's where, you know, that place of prayer began in the prayer closet. And I mean, to this day, every house that we've had, you know, every house that we've had, there's been a place of prayer. You know, when I, when I moved out my home, uh, with uh, my parents at 17, I had a prayer closet when I moved into an apartment and begin to room with, um, begin to room with some of the, some of my buddies at the church, I had a prayer closet. Um, I mean, I my prayer closet is a whole lot bigger now. <laughs> it's a lot bigger because I've got a you know I've got my own office. But um, yeah, that's where pro, where prayer closet the song prayer closet came from. Because um, you know the first verse says it all. Went to the closet and shut the door. Harken my he- harken my ear to hear from the Lord, and that's that's exactly what I did. And uh, the Lord met me there at a young age in the midst of chaos and really I I owe I owe everything to a man of God that said get alone get alone and the Lord will speak to you that's what happened so that's where the song came from you know that's my favorite part of your story because it's where you found God for yourself it wasn't you know it's I I I, I assume it's easy easier in the midst of a lot of people as a young person but on your own there's a whole lot more decisions that you have to make and um i just love that that's where it started for you absolutely and you know you're talking about finding you know finding uh, god for yourself or getting alone by yourself you know i can't i'm not going to tell you i got in that prayer closet in the moment i shut the door that the voice of god came but Right. Um, that was a place that I constantly went and constantly pursued. And the longer I was in there, the easier it got and the easier it became to, to hear the voice. And the, um, I, it wasn't that I just found the flow of prayer off the bat. Cause really I, I'll be honest, I didn't know how to pray. A lot of it was just crying out to God, you know, Jesus, I got to find you. Where are you? Yeah. But, um, Really, I mean, prayer is prayer is a struggle. You know, at the beginning, prayer is a struggle, but you've got to be willing to struggle for a little bit because there is a place that you'll reach if you'll constantly go to prayer, where it's no longer a struggle, where words are not hard to find, and um, where there's a flow that comes into your life. And uh, I'm telling you, I. Um, 
to this day, uh, I mean, uh, to this day, there's times that I got to stop and say, wait a minute, you know, maybe, maybe the voice of God isn't clear. Maybe, you know, I've got distracted and I've got to restructure and I got to start over and say, wait a minute, God, I got to go back to where it all began. I got to get along with you. I got to go to the closet. And though that closet may look different, I, uh, maybe it's a hotel room. Maybe, maybe it's between the bed and the wall in a hotel room. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that pray a lot of different ways, but most of the time I'm laying straight flat on my face talking to the Lord. Sometimes it's a whisper because I'm trying not to wake up the kids <laughs> and because we're all sharing a, sharing a room. But this much I know, when you get along with God, He'll get along with you. I've learned that. When you get along with God and you pursue that place of prayer, you'll understand that God's been also been pursuing that place of prayer and that He'll meet you there. Yeah, so for Taylor... He, he calls it the prayer closet, and, and like we've talked about in the podcast, uh, this is why last week I said that I think this ties in so well. His heart for this ties in so well, too. The point of the podcast is, for me, it's, you know, laying at Jesus' feet like that. Just that that concept, you know, it's not it's not literal, but it's figurative, and same thing with the closet, but um, how he said his his posture with God is on his face. And we've talked about it. There's just something about when you just lay yourself out before God, you're just completely undone. And he does come, and he comes so quickly. And um, I'm just thankful that that is his heart. But uh, I know that we need to just keep going with the interview, but I know that for you, the prayer closet, that that place that you got alone with God started around that, you know, 12, 13, 14 year. But I know, I know as that was the start, I know it wasn't the end. And you've kind of talked some about that, about how regardless of where you live and even now, regardless of what our, our living condition is, you know, sometimes it's a hotel room, evangelist quarters, sometimes it's home. Sometimes it's people's guest rooms, but you always find that place and, and find carve out a little spot that's just for you and God to get alone. Um, I want you to give us, as we listen, some practical tips and um, even scripture, like how do we apply that to our lives and what um, really just can you talk about that? What is that prayer closet prayer? Can you break it down for us and tell us more of how to how to really apply it? Absolutely. So um, let me first say that uh, in our travels, one of my favorite things to do, um, and it's it don't always happen because I know everybody kind of has their own uh, their own times they own time that they pray, but uh, I enjoy getting to you know go with the pastor, especially elders, and go to prayer with them. I've learned so much from so many great men, uh, men that pray, you know, much more than me and much earlier than me and have stretched me. <laughs> uh, we've been to some 5 a.m. prayer spots. Man, I'm telling you, <laughs> I, we've been to some 5 a.m. prayer spots Ooh. for a month at a time, and 
I made sure that I made it, even though it was a struggle for me. You know, I, I made sure that I made it because, um, you know, prayer is a pla- prayer is a place of of war. Prayer is a place of relationship, but prayer is also a place of learning. And, um, you know, I, it says so much when you know even the disciples of Jesus said. Lord, teach us to pray. You know, uh, I always, first of all, I just want to say prayer isn't something that you ever completely figure out. And um, what I mean by that is there's always another method. There's always another way. Uh, I mean, we've prayed. Uh, when I was youth pastor here, there were young guys that came to me and they're like, Taylor, we need to, we, we really need some some help with our prayer life. What can we do? I said, all right, man, meet me at six o'clock before school. We're gonna start praying the tabernacle, and I mean, for weeks we we prayed the tabernacle together. And I've taught I've taught uh, different young men to pray the tabernacle, and they still pray the tabernacle. You know, we haven't youth we haven't youth pastored uh, for a while now, but uh, just the other day I had. Brother Devin Glass at our own church messaged me and said, "Hey man, will you will you send me over that prayer call or that uh that praying the tabernacle uh, prayer that that we that we used to do?" I said, "Absolutely." So uh, I want to tell you first of all to everybody, you know when when we talk about prayer, people can people for some reason when we talk about prayer and the different methods of prayer. People automatically feel like, man, I, I don't know what I'm I'm doing in prayer. Well, and the truth is, there's a lot of us that don't. And the more you do it, the better you get. You just got to go in, knowing, you know what? I'm connecting with the one that knows all, and I don't, you know. So, but as far as uh, prayer closet prayer, if I was to give, if I was to uh, give you a how to. Uh, let me just kind of tell you, I guess, how I take my closet with me, okay? Because <laughs> um, obviously we don't take the closet with us, but I mean that prayer closet, prayer mindset. Um, let let me read the scripture um, that talks about really what, what my bishop was preaching about the first time that I heard uh, about the prayer closet. It says in Matthew Chapter number, uh, Matthew chapter number six and verse number six, it says, but thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut the door, pray to thy father, which is in secret and thy father, which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. So first things first, um, I would say. In verse number six, it says, when thou prayest. Okay, so when thou prayest, enter into thy closet and when thou hast shut the door. This is probably, in my opinion, the most important part of prayer. And that is when you go to that place of prayer, wherever it is, whatever corner it is, uh, whether it be in an actual closet, an altar, a prayer room, uh, man. There were we we did a big prayer closet challenge when we were youth pastoring, and I mean everybody was kind of sharing a picture of their prayer closet, you know. And 
people had it by windows. People had little Ottoman-type situations. and But really, that's not really important. What's hanging on the wall in the prayer closet is not really what's important. But the most important thing is shutting the door. And Jesus said, when you go to the prayer closet, shut the door. And that's such an important thing. And what that means is not necessarily just closing the physical door, but it means shut the world out for a moment. Shut the problems out for a moment. Shut the distractions out for a moment. You know, uh, I got to put my phone on airplane mode because the texts are going to keep coming. It never fails when, whenever it's time to get along with God. Uh, it never fails when it's time to get along with God that, you know, people's going to start prying for your attention. I don't know why it happens, but yeah. that's what always happens. And you've got to shut the door. Uh, you got to shut the world out. And that's when you get alone, put your phone on airplane mode and say, God, this is me and your time. I don't care what in the world happens. It's me and you right now. So uh, the first step would be to shut the world out. And... Um, the second step I would say is go in, you know, in the song I, I talk about, I hearken my ear to hear from the Lord. So I go to the closet, I go to that place of prayer, I shut the door, shut the world out. Uh, and then when I'm praying, I hearken my ear. I expect to hear something from God, you know. Um, when I say something to my wife, I expect her to say something back to me. Right. When she says something to me, she you know she expects me to say something back. So many times when we go to prayer, we don't expect that. You know, we pray and we think that you know God's this you know this big guy sitting up there, and you know just he just takes a bunch of prayers and maybe one day, you know, twenty years from now when we have gray hair that God may say something to us. But that's really not the case. I mean. The, the very first man in the Word of God, when God created him, you want to know why he created him? God created him so they could talk to him, you know. That's the very first, uh, the very first voice that man ever heard was the voice of God. Right. So um, I just want to challenge somebody, when you go to the closet, hearken your ear. You know, when you shut the door, hearken your ear and you say, you know what, Lord, I've come to talk to you, but I'm also here so that you can talk to me. And um, I've, I've learned that in every aspect, expectation always brings forth something. Nobody receives a miracle without expectation. Nobody hears the voice of God without expectation. And um, that's a that's a major part. So... Uh, shut the door, hearken your ear, expect the voice. And um, I would say that uh, another thing that I would say is just get the timer off of your prayer time. You know, I know that uh, some of us may have made commitments. Lord, I'll pray an hour a day. I'll pray 30 minutes a day. You know, if that's what you want to do, that's that's you and that's okay. But I don't operate that way, and the reason I don't is because I don't like to uh, really, I mean, that's not how a relationship works, you know. Right. I don't tell my wife, um, I don't tell my wife, and, and I keep referring to my wife, 
because she is my bride and we are the bride of Christ. So, um, you know, the groom doesn't, (laughs) doesn't just want 30 minutes a day with the bride. He doesn't want an hour a day with the bride. He doesn't want 15 minutes. You know, he, he wants the, he wants the bride until he's done, you know? So I would challenge somebody to, you know, it's not, it's not important, um, how long you pray, but what's important is what happens when you pray. And what's important is where you go when you, when you pray. And, uh, what's important is what transpires when you pray. I found in the amplified version, um, and Cindy was telling me when I told her that I was using the amplified version, that uh, she probably refers to the amplified version every single week. <laughs> I said, "I said, man, whoever listens is going to know that we are amplified people because we both use a lot, but it's because it makes it, it's just so simple. It makes it just easier to understand and um, even easier to explain sometimes. Absolutely. So. I love it. So, I obviously, I mean, I base everything off of King James Version, but anytime, no matter no matter what, when a scripture jumps out at me, I'm automatically going to the Amplified Version, and uh, I, I did it on this scripture, and man, it's, it's powerful. Check this out. So it says in the Amp, um, Matthew 6, 6, it says, but when you pray, go into your most private room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So the those three words, what is done, is in brackets there. And I really think that what is done in prayer is so much more important than how long the prayer transpires or, you know, how far do you go? What do you accomplish there? You know, do you touch God? I challenge everybody, you know, pray till you touch God and then pray a little bit more, you know. That may, if it ta- if it takes 10 minutes for me to break through, that's what I need to do. If it takes 5 minutes for me to break through, if it takes an hour, that's what that's what I need to do. But when something breaks and I feel God and God begins to speak, it's not time to shut down then. It's it's time to continue a little bit longer. But um so uh, I would say um, the blueprint for prayer closet prayer. Go to that place of prayer. Shut the world out. Uh, hearken your ear unto God and expect the voice of God. Then I would say, get your get your mind off of the time. Lose track of time. You know, lose track of time and focus on what is done there. And I promise you, the word says that what you do in secret, He's going to reward you openly and. It's a different subject for a different day, but Cindy and I have seen so many incredible miracles. I mean, blind eyes open, rotator cuffs put back together, cancers, all kinds of crazy stuff um, as a result of just getting along with God and God saying, all right, here comes the reward. Just like it says in Hebrews, uh, Hebrews 11 that, the Lord is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. He is a rewarder. And I think so many times um, but those that don't pray don't get to see that side of Him. It's, it says He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him, that go after Him, that run after Him. 
the rewards come, the anointing follows, the miracles follow. And uh, yeah, so that's prayer closet prayer. Thank you. Thank you for sharing and teaching and um, just agreeing to do this with me. And um, I just appreciate your point of view and everything that you have to offer. Well, I just I just want to tell anybody that's out there that's you know your uh, the the first thing you got to do um, to become someone that knows what they're doing in prayer and go somewhere in prayer is you got to pray you know that's the first step so anyway I I appreciate you allowing me to be on here and um, thank thank you everyone for listening and uh, I pray that prayer the prayer the song prayer closet and the album prayer closet blesses you and uh, but most of all now that you know the story causes you to go into that place of prayer and pursue God yourself. As soon as my outro music uh, plays and finishes, his song, Prayer Closet, is actually going to play. So don't turn it off. Just keep listening and uh, hope you're blessed by the song. Hope that you really got something out of our conversation today. He will be on again and again and again. Because I have access to him all the time. So I have a a whole list of interviews I can do with him and topics to talk about. But for today, we're done. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next time. I went to the closet And shut the door I hearkened my ear To hear from the Lord That Jesus called me He called me by name And ever since that I've never been the same When the lights go out And the music fades When I'm all alone I will meet you face to face In my prayer closet Here you hear I shut the door And I press in again In my prayer closet Into the spirit Deep oceans of glory Whisper your secrets Tell me your story be more like you 
Closing. In my prayer closing. 